This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place, and I've been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida for 99 years. Good morning again. I'm Ron Brumman. I happen to be the president. I've been here 30 years, and next year, 2022, is going to be our 100th year celebration of serving those in the greatest need of our communities in Miami-Dade and in Broward. You know, in Miami, we go back all the way to 1922. And in Broward, we go all the way back to 1992. So it's really a 30-year celebration for our facilities in Broward. And it's a, it will be a 100-year celebration for all of our facilities and our centers in Miami-Dade. And this is the first time that you're tuning in to Mission Possible, the Good News Program. I want you to know that this hour is going to be about good news. We hear bad news all during the week. We read about it on our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. We see it on the media. It's just all around us. And now we have so much unrest uh, in Cuba and we have other things going on. And yet uh, sometimes we just got to take a deep breath. You know, we're still battling the remnants of COVID. Some states are seeing spikes in their cases. Others are doing quite well. And uh, we just have to take a little pause once in a while and focus and concentrate on what is good. And I'm telling you, our centers in Miami and in Broward County, if you come here and you see the life changing um, people that are part of our programs and what we're doing in our outreaches, it's just simply amazing. And it does make you feel better because you know that even in the midst of calamity and trials and tragedy and tribulations and all the things that happen to people that bring them to our doorsteps. There is hope. You know, we are a Christian organization and we believe that God has a plan for everyone. That's you too. God has a plan for you, but he has a plan for everyone. And when you might pass a homeless person on the street, maybe you'll see someone pushing a cart, or maybe you'll see someone begging at a corner, at, on a, a street corner, or maybe at a store, and immediately your thoughts are, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with this person. This person's a bum. If they can stand there and beg all day, certainly this person can go out and get a job, but you don't know the whole story. And, and, t- and today you're going to hear some testimonies of some people that uh, been on the street. Uh, you're going to hear about volunteers. We have uh, a person that's going to talk about health here. It's going to be a great program. And I want you, when you finish this program today, I want you to feel uplifted in your spirit and to know that even through all the things that are negative in our life, in our community, in our society, uh, there are great people that still are have full of compassion. They're full of generosity. They want to reach out and to help others. And it's been said many times that sometimes in our own lives, uh, instead of being thankful for the things that we do have, we are unthankful for the things that we don't have. And uh, I'm here to tell you this morning that we need to be thankful for the things that we do have. You know, unfortunately, a life can throw a lot of uh, curveballs at us. And I know listeners to this program that because you've called us, you've written to us, 
Uh, pr- please pray for my cousin. He's uh, got cancer. Please pray for my wife. She's got ALS. Please, please pray for my daughter. She's on drugs. There's a lot of need out there and there's a lot of hurt out there. And people understand uh, what it means to go through rough times. But in our centers, these men and women, they have uh, backstories that you don't even know about. You know, you don't know. I One person I talked to, he uh, he was on the street for almost two years. And he told me, and he was a young guy, a professional guy. And I said, you know, my question is, what happened? You know, what brought you to the streets? And he said, you know, a few years ago, I was in a terrible accident. I lost my wife and my 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 twins. I had two boys that were twins, and I just couldn't cope with life anymore. I just shut down. And he says, it's taken a long time for me to really make that decision to get off the streets. He says, I'm not really a drug addict. I pretty much spent most of my time at the library and slept in parks and and took advantage of all the public services. But I really didn't want to do anything with my life. I didn't think that I was worthy of that. And so when you pass these people on a daily basis, sleeping on a bus bench or, or maybe walking around pointing at the sky, uh, you don't know the full story. And many times that people come to us, the, the men and women, are, they have mental illness problems. They're suffering from depression, schizophrenia, uh, other mental issues. We can't do everything for everyone, by the way. we I wish we could, but we can't. And when people come to us beyond our capabilities, we will do our very best to um, refer them to another agency that can better take care of them. And that's what's great about our our communities in Broward and and Miami-Dade. We have a collective uh, continuum of care for the homeless. And so we share information or share resources and share strategies on how best to serve the homeless. And uh, especially the women that come to us that are fleeing domestic violence. You know, a few weeks ago, we had an event called the Foodie Truck Event. It was fantastic. It was on our, one of our church properties. Uh, we had six food trucks, and they were all parked around. People bought tickets to buy the food for tasting, and those funds uh, were going for our battered women and our, our children in our centers and uh, to help them with the housing when they get out of the program. So there is a lot of different things that are going on in our community that you don't see uh, that are great things. And maybe you're one of these unsung heroes. Maybe you're one of the people that come out and volunteer. You know, last year we shut down most of our volunteer opportunities this year we've opened up the door uh and during the summer here very very cautiously we still want to keep people safe uh we want to keep people um away from getting sick and away from any kind of virus, not not just COVID, but we don't want people to, to get ill or to fear when they come into one of our centers. So you can go to our website at www.caringplace.org to find out about more volunteer opportunities. We're always looking for people to come and open cans, uh, help uh, make the food, serve the food, clean up after we serve the food. And there's other opportunities. Maybe you have a, a, a skill in landscaping. We Our centers need landscaping or painting um, a project. We have a group coming this week, by the way, that's going to work in our, our Center for Women and redo some of the dorms. And they're from another city. And so we'd love to have you come on to our centers. Uh, there is a little process that you have to go through. There's an application you have to fill out, a background screening you'll have to go through because you're, you're 
with um, uh, kids and elderly and so on. But once that's done, and, and, and as I talk to our volunteers and thank them, many times they'll come back to me and say, no, I want to thank you. I got much more out of this than what I gave. And uh, and we have different groups you can become involved with. We have focus groups. We have our Girlfriends for Girlfriends and our uh, Cover Girls and our Home Run, home run, uh, home, home run for the Homeless Team. I'll get that out. And uh, so many different ways that you can become a volunteer, your school, your community, your faith group. Uh, we love our volunteers. And the year before, in 2019, we had 9,000 volunteers. Last year, it fell down to about 2,000 in all of our centers. And this year, we want to ramp, ramp up again. We can't do all the things that we do without our great volunteers. And, you know, as the summer progresses, uh, we have we call this our Christmas in July celebration. We're, uh, we're doing this all month long. We've already had some food giveaways, some big uh, family food giveaways. Now we're gearing up to do some sneak giveaways and some school supplies and just just to bless people in our community do it safely and we need your help with just the people that are coming through our front door it's hot it's rainy and uh, we're going through a tremendous amount of clothes and and air conditioning and everything it takes to have a nice safe environment and so you can be a very special part of that you know i've said for many years hope often begins with a meal i've seen it happen over and over and over again when people come to us many times they're not ready to make a change, but boy, they're hungry and they're dirty and they need a shower and they need to change your clothes. And that opens the door for us to be able to share, you know, the love of God and the love of others and say, you know something while you're here, maybe you want to think about coming into one of our programs, either our short term program or one of our longer term programs but to make a difference to get off the street. And I'm telling you that it may take two or three, four or five times. It may take five or six months, but eventually most of those people will at least give it a shot. Not all will stay, but most will give it a shot to come in and try to change your life. And many do change their lives. And you can help us by going to caringplace.org slash Christmas in July, just like it's like it sounds Christmas in July uh, for for twenty dollars. You can help provide 10 meals during the summer months and beyond. So go to caringplace.org slash Christmas in July to help us financially. Or while you're there, maybe you want to volunteer or donate something to our thrift stores. Well, God bless you. Stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. Well, I'm Marilyn Brummett, and once again, this is the part of the program where we talk to people in the community that are making a difference. And I certainly have one with me today that is making an impact in our own backyard. I have with me Dr. Vera Stevens, and she has founded a nonprofit organization called Stevens Health and Nutrition Center. So first off, let me welcome you to our program today, Dr. Stevens. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, I, I can attest to something that you've just recently um, helped put together, and uh, you actually helped the, the mission, the Miami Rescue Mission, uh, through FarmShare and your own organization do a food uh, drive through to those that are needy families. It was happening in Miami Gardens last Saturday. And even through the rain, you still uh, prayed it through and made it happen. Tell us a little bit about that and why. Why did you uh, make this happen? Yes, because, you know, during this pandemic, 
There's a lot of families that are still in need. There's a lot of families that are, uh, they're going back to work, but they are still playing catch up because of the amount of time that they lost with their jobs. And there's a lot of families that are still in need. There are a lot of families that are still not working. So we are in the community at large, every chance we can get to help these needed families because it brings a lot of stress on these families when they are in need. So this is why we are in the community at large, helping these families take a, at least relieve a lot of stress from them to help them with whatever needs that they have that we can assist them with. Well, I wasn't able to be there last Saturday. I was actually out of town. But I hear this, you and your husband, your wonderful husband and that it rained, but you had the tents up. And tell us a little bit, how did you persevere through all that? Yes, it did rain, but it didn't last long and it didn't stop us. <laughs> so that we had tents and we still, we were still able to serve the community. It was a drive through and it was great. So it, the rain did not stop us. We have had events in the community in the past where the rain came, but it still didn't stop us. We still served the people. Well, um, I also heard that there was a couple other, uh, people in the community that helped put this together. We want to give kudos to Farm Share and also to a church, Cool Church, which the mission knows very well. We know Pastor, uh, Terrence at Cool Church and they had a prayer tent. And so the drive-through was something really special. Yes, the drive-through was very, very special. We had, like you said, we had Farm Share there. We had Cool Church and we also had Glory to God Global Ministries Church there helping us wow. as well and we was at the some of those uh, members uh, volunteers was at the food uh, tent and some was at the prayer tent so it was great so it was um, body and soul it makes me think a couple of weeks ago uh, our girlfriends for girlfriends had an event there foodie event and we also had a prayer tent so the property is really be being uh, known as now uh, helping the body and the soul and I love that when we put that together well you and your husband uh, Dr. Stevens and, and what is your husband's name his name is Kevin Stevens Kevin Stevens uh Tell us a little bit about Stevens Health and Nutrition Center. I know that I kind of looked it up and it said an independent nonprofit organization participating in collaborative efforts with scientific education and healthcare organization in South Florida. So your primary objective is to promote health, yes, wellness, physical fitness among special segments of our community. Talk to me a little bit about that. That is correct because some years ago, when we started the uh, the uh, nonprofit organization, uh, it was about just uh, health and fitness as well. But we took it to another level where we not only uh, do food in the community, give out food in the community for those that are in need, but we do have a program that we teach on health education where they can have a life change their lifestyle change their eating habits for life and that program is is the second saturday of every month and that program is free and that program is called eat healthy live healthy mm -hmm. and also we have another program that we have is called BAWG stands for battered abused women and girls 
although men and boys are welcome to attend as well because as you know a lot of men and boys they are being abused and they are in denial so we open it up for men women boys and girls as well well i'm so glad to hear that because i've learned in my journey of helping abused women that we should not discount that there is also abuse of men. Yes. Even in uh, partnerships, you know, whether they're married or not married, but there is abuse there and and sometimes they're overlooked and they don't want to talk about it cuz they no. think, "Well, I'm a man, I shouldn't this shouldn't be happening," but it does happen. Yes. So I've learned that. Uh you have something coming up uh on this Saturday. We need to make sure we get this in on July 24 Saturday from 11 to 1. Tell us what that's about and where it is. This program that we are having is basically a conference is scheduled for July the 24th, 2021 from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and is for domestic violence education conference, as we stated, for the battered abused women and girls. And this is actually in your offices of the Stevens Health and Nutrition Center. And where is that located? It's located at 3600 and that's South State Road 7 and that's Miramar, Florida. And that zip code is 33023. So that's actually on 441 there. Yes, it is. Okay. And it's at the uh, Miramar Executive Center building. Yes. So that is easy to find. Now, yes. is there a suite or something they go to? It's going to be in the first floor conference room. Okay. First yes. floor conference room. Now, I know you want people to sign up because there's limited space. So um, if you are listening to this right now and you say, oh, I really, really want to go that you may know someone, you may be the person, but whatever it is and you want to be part of this. This. this is the email that you need to go to and tell Vera, Dr. Vera Stevens, mm-hmm. that you uh, plan to attend uh, this Saturday, uh, this next Saturday, yes. July 24th. And that is Stevens Health 2000 at gmail.com. That's Stephen with a V. Yes. S T E V E N S Health H E A L T H 2000 at gmail.com and I know that you're going to do a wonderful job I can just tell yes. uh, talking to you you have mm-hmm. such a beautiful countenance and mm-hmm. uh, I just know you have that compassion and that love of helping others so when did you start Stevens Health and Nutrition Center we started Stevens Health 2000 June 4 2000 and uh, how how did that come about well how how did that vision come into your spirit well, we, I, I had some family members that was dealing with some health issues and I thought, okay, well, what can I do to help my family? But I thought, okay, well, not only my family, but I can help more than my family. I can help the community at large. So I talked to my husband. We prayed about it and everything and we thought about it. Okay. Well, let's start this program so we can help everyone that we can. 
And your doctorate degree is in? It's in Christian uh, psychology. Wow. So it just all blends together. Yes, yes. Well, that is wonderful. Well, thank you, Dr. Vera Stevens from Stevens Health and Nutrition Center. Thank you for what you're doing in our community, in our own backyards. And uh, that's where really the vision begins. It has to begin in our own families, our own backyard. Yes. And then it can expand to maybe even uh, the uttermost parts of the earth. Yes. But uh, God bless you so much for doing what you're doing. We're praying for you. Keep praying uh, for all of us here at the mission and in our community as we are now uh, coming. You know, we don't want to say back to normalcy, but we're coming back into a a new era Mm -hmm. of doing things and we're smarter about it Mm -hmm. and we're going to be better at it. The best is yet to To come. come. Yes. Well, thank you once again for being with us um, on our program, and we'll invite you back for another time. So thank you to Dr. Vera Stevens. Thank you. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. I'm so excited. We have with us on the phone today Alexia Fleitis, and she is the founder of Once a Month Miami. Alexia, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, Alexia, same here. And I want to thank you. I know you have, uh, you and I have collaborated in the past to help the homeless and the hungry in our centers. And uh, you've done wonderful things. And I want our listeners to find out who is Alexia and what is Once a Month Miami. Tell me about you and your organization. Okay. Well, once again, my name is Alexia Pleitas, and I'm a third-year undergraduate honor student on the pre-med track at FIU. My whole life, I've always had a passion for the sciences and medicine, which is what led me to pursue a degree in biology. From a young age, I've been interested in gynecology and women's health, which is what prompted me to create my first nonprofit organization called Once a Month Miami. As we've seen, the coronavirus has affected many different groups of Americans in dramatically different ways, and I realized that one particularly at-risk group is our nation's homeless population and underprivileged families who often lack healthcare resources. During lockdown, I realized that many families were heavily impacted and struggled to pay for essentials like rent, food, and utilities. This unfortunately labeled menstrual products as a luxury rather than a necessity. This sparked an idea in my head to create an organization that would help close this healthcare gap. Therefore, the mission of Once a Month Miami is to provide homeless and underprivileged families with menstrual products like tampons and pads. Unfortunately, the lack of access to sanitary products for homeless women is a devastating yet overlooked healthcare injustice that I hope to rectify. Absolutely. I mean, thank thank you so much for doing that. I mean, this is something, like you said, it's a necessity. Uh, We see it here at our centers when we receive the products that you have donated to us in the past. Uh, uh, We are excited. We are grateful. Uh, many women that are, you know, wandering the streets here in Wynwood, over town, um, in Hollywood at the Hollywood Center, these are women that, like you said, you know, it becomes a luxury, so they cannot afford it, and they come to our centers and they ask for it. So it is important. Thank you for making it, uh, for giving it some light, right? And I know you're doing this mm-hmm. with the help of your, probably your FIU um, uh, people, with your friends, with your network. How exactly uh, do you encourage the community around you to help you? Well, I would say that I've had a really amazing board members of friends that I've made over the years at FIU 
that have been nothing but supportive and my family have been there for me every step of the way helping me with this because it is you know a challenging project I had never started my own nonprofit. I didn't know what it took to actually create it and all the requirements but I've actually gotten an amazing response from not only like I said my board my family but also the community I've had strangers that have wanted to get involved that didn't know me didn't know anything about it and they've read our social medias and just our story and they felt, you know, moved by our impact and what we're doing. And through all of that, I've just had a lot of help and just a lot of people get involved, which just keeps motivating me to continue. That That's amazing because, again, it takes a community, right? It takes a village. I know that mm-hmm. everybody says it, but are we really getting involved in the important issues and, and trying to help one another, yeah. right, when in time of need? Uh, that same person that is a recipient of today of Alexia's products could be someone that in six months from now can be in a different place and can be given back to the community and could join, could join Alexia or anybody else in their efforts. So I always say a hand, a hand up, right? Never a hand down. This is to help those that are in need in the community. Alexia, thank you. Continue to do exactly what you're doing. I love FIU. I love what you're doing. How can people find you in social media so that they can follow you, so that they can help in any way they can? Thank you so much. Well, all our socials are at Once a Month Miami on Instagram. And through there, you can find all the donation links, GoFundMe. And we also have a website that's also, you can access it through the link tree on our main Instagram account. Thank you, Alexia, for joining us. So Once a Month Miami. Thank you for all you do. It was great having you today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, once again, I'm Marilyn Brummett, and we're at that part of the program where we interview people that um, are going through life change who uh, really have a story to tell. I get so excited every time I hear the stories for the first time myself as I'm talking to people. So uh, along with the listener, uh, I myself is hearing uh, the story many times for the first time. I'm so excited to have Alfonso with us today. And uh, he has been at the mission for some months, and he has his story he would like to share. Alfonso, thank you so much for being with us here today and willing to actually share. I know that's not easy. Thank you, Ms. Brown, for having, having me. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm grateful for being here to um, for my testimony. I'm, I'm very thankful. Thank you. Well, we're going to go back in time if we can. Um, and let's talk a little bit about things that maybe uh, that you feel that you want to share that led you to come to the mission. And you can go as f- uh, far back as you want, childhood or even late or maybe not that far back. But where would you like to begin your story? Uh, I had a uh, I start from childhood. I had a pretty or uh, grew up in a pretty stable family, a good childhood. I come from a small family and um we pretty much did a lot of things together. Uh, as, as I got older in my teen years, I started deviating from my home training and started skipping school and, you know, doing doing things that my own parents, you know, uh, uh, was, was real adamant about. Do you feel that that was more from peer pressure to kind of fit in with the crowd or what was or was you uh, upset with something at home or what would you say led that? Because many people need to hear that. Those I, it was it was uh, all you have said, Miss Brown. It was peer pressure and things at the home, things from my home. I had my father was very abusive. 
Uh, he was very, very single-minded and brusque, and and I, I grew up in a, in a unstable. You know, as I got older, the family became this this dismantled, mm-hmm. and um, I started hanging in the streets and you know stopped going to school and a lot of things you know uh, derived from peer pressure. I wanted to fit in. Mm-hmm. I wanted to fit in with the crowd and you know. Uh, I just just uh, started doing a lot of bad things because I wanted to be accepted by the people in the streets that mm-hmm. I was hanging with. And instead of going to school and doing the things that I was supposed to do, I started, you know, uh, hanging with, you know, the wrong people and going to you know, detention centers and ending up in jail. And it, it started off pretty rough for me as, as I when I was younger. Well, you know, as you sit here next to me, people can't always, you know, they don't see us, so they don't know my age, your age, and but, but I can just say you're about middle age. Um, so, and you came to the mission some months ago. So, is this your first time uh, coming to the mission or any program, or is there anything before that? Yes, I was in uh, drug programs and substance or uh, anger management programs. I, I have. S- some experience with uh, being in the, in the, in the program. This is my first time, like in the uh, environment and in, in, in rescue mission, because it's, it's Christian based and it's, it's it's a good place. And well, how did you find out? How, what actually brought you here? Is there a story that brought you here? I was just just wandering the streets and nowhere to go, or uh, homeless, just got out of jail. And how um, did you find the mission? I was just walking, just walking and walking. And I, and I wow. walked through the back alley, and I seen the gate, and I seen some guys sitting there. Wow. And I asked them, what kind of program was this? And they said, well, we're in the Miami Rescue Mission. And um, I said, how did you get in? Because I, I needed help, and I was tired of wandering the streets and using drugs and Okay, Alfonso, listen, we're going to take a break, but we're going to come back with more of the story and actually what made you decide to actually come in. So don't touch that dial. We'll be back in just a moment with more of Alfonso's story. Well, thank you for staying with us. We are talking to Alfonso, and he's telling us his story and a little bit of his backstory, a little difficult as you grew up and the peer pressure and then what it led to. But you were, you were saying just before break that you actually saw now during the COVID time, because we were feeding people from outside the building because we couldn't have them in. So you saw the line or people sitting in, in our alleyway and, and something made you want to come and find out more. Yes, ma'am. It, it, I was curious. I was curious because I seen the people and I asked the guy, what kind of place was this? And he says, Miami Rescue Mission. And um, he said, they'll help you. Uh, if you want to come in, you got to be in uh, first thing Monday morning, early in the morning. And I needed a place to stay because I was on probation. And the judge told me I had to get a place to live and stop wandering the street. So for I, I think it was by the grace of God that the, it, it led me to the mission. Just I just blindly ended up at the mission. Wow. And... um. I stayed, I stayed, and I was adamant, and I stayed. I'm, I'm going to try to get in because I needed the help. 
So you, it sounds like you were ready. I was ready. I was ready for a change. I was tired of living on the streets, sleeping on the sidewalks or sleeping where I can sleep. And I was, I wanted to do a change in the sure environment to where I can grow and, and help become um, not homeless. I was going through a real struggle. And I have to say that you actually came at what I would say is a difficult time, even for the mission, because this is during, uh, you know, COVID. And there's so many more restrictions, you know, during COVID. It wasn't for the mission. It was the program wasn't as normal <laughs> as it, it would have been prior to COVID. So you endured even through that. Yes, ma'am. That's that's true because, uh, Miss um they was only letting a certain amount of people in, and I was the last one to accept it. Wow. So I I was I was very grateful. I was very grateful and 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 just content that I had some place to come and for a sanctuary. I had a sanctuary and I was in a good place. My time as being in the mission is it, awesome. It's awesome. I can't describe the the, the feelings in words, but mm. I feel I, I'm very content now. I have focus. I'm, I have a plan now. I'm in school. I'm, you know, I didn't know much about the Bible. And now I'm learning the word, word wow. of um, God, and I accept Jesus in my life, and I just I feel good as a person now, as and I, I see the change, and I'm really I'm really grateful for being in, in the mission. Well, I'm glad that you're talking about the inner man because that's more important than the outer man. But I do have to say, the outer man looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting here next to me in a wonderful shirt and tie, and you look so clean cut. And, um, you know, if you wasn't here to tell me the story that five months prior you were out there wandering the streets, I would never know that looking at you now. You look like a businessman, CEO of a company. Uh, so it is amazing that God, uh, not only the outer man has changed, but the inner man, and that's really the most important thing. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I feel, I feel very, very good. I can actually tell my story to other people, you know, the way the mission has helped me make me feel complete. Mm -hmm. I feel very, very confident now by anything that I do because I know that, you know, it's, it's not only me, it's, it's the grace of God that's, that's also leading me in everything, helping me make all my decisions. Well, Alfonso, thank you so much for sharing your story. We would definitely want you back to tell more because, you know, we have a short <laughs> span of time here to hear a little bit about it, but it sounds so amazing and interesting. We want to hear from you again. So, listener, pray for Alfonso. Pray for all the men and women who come through our doors. And as that change is made, you know, first of all, as he said, he was ready. That's number one. A person has to be ready for change, and then God can do the rest. So thank you once again, Alfonso, for telling your story. Thank you, Ms. Blum. Thank you for having me. Well, what a great testimony from Alfonso. You know, that's what it's all about in our centers as we serve the homeless and the needy. We serve uh, men, women, and children. We're serving close to 10,000 people on a day, on a yearly basis, rather. Last year was a little lower. I think last year was about 6,000, but normally it's around 10,000 people. And as we count our outreach into the community, it swells up to about 20,000 because we do have 
events like our Thanksgiving on Good Friday, our Thanksgiving celebration, Christmas celebration. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about our Christmas in July celebration, uh, but we're reaching out to the community and giving them book bags and school supplies and food and hygiene items and just great times, uh, toys and so on. We do that in the course of the year and we can't do all that we do and help people like Alfonso without your support. You know, this is our, our Christmas in July month. Uh, we're having it all month long. We've already had some food giveaways, some massive food giveaways to families. And now we're gearing up to have a day where we're going to give out brand new sneakers to kids. And then later, uh, before school starts, we're going to give book bags and, and school supplies to hundreds and hundreds of kids. This has been a, a great tradition is to be able to give every child a brand new sneaker. We still need some sneakers donated. Uh, so you can go to our website at caringplace.org and find out how to do that. And while you're there, uh, you can also make a financial donation. You know, for $20, $21, you can provide 10 meals for someone in, in great need. And hope does often begin with the meal. I've said that earlier, and I'll repeat myself, that hope often begins with the meal. People come to us broken, a despair. Maybe they, they spent their last penny from their check they received or maybe from their day labor, or they just have nothing and they're hungry, they're tired, they're wet, they need a change of clothing. And you really can't talk to people about change when they're miserable. You know, this just doesn't work. So we want to make sure they get a great shower, hygiene, uh, get themselves all cleaned up, fresh clothes on, sit them down for a meal. And then our, our staff and even our volunteers can befriend people and say, you know something, uh, we love you, God loves you, there's a place for you here, would you like to get off the streets today or get off the streets tomorrow, at least plant that seed in someone's mind. And people are more receptive of that. If you just go out and just, you know, hey, get off the streets, uh, you don't show any love, any compassion. That's really not going to turn people's minds around. You know, I've, I've been here for 30 years and I see that love never demands a change, but love will produce a change. And as you keep on loving people and meeting them where they are, uh, you accept them for who they are. Then you can start uh, investing into their life, into their soul, into their spirit and say, you know something, I think God has something much better for you than, than living out of, uh, uh, poking out of garbage bins for food or begging on the corner. I think God has a plan for you. And would you like to stay here uh, long enough? Uh, that you can hear that plan and develop your own plan. And that's when the real work comes in. You know, we can have the best program in the world. We can have the best classes, the skills, the computer, the labs, everything that we do to uh, support skills and our support uh, resources. But but the person themselves have to make that decision. They have to apply themselves. It's just like you and I. If we want to lose some weight, others are not going to do it for us. We have to discipline ourselves. We have to watch what we eat. We got a little exercise in and so on so that we can reach our goals. And that's the same way with anybody that wants to have change in their life. So I, I'm asking you to go to our website at caringplace.org slash Christmas in July. That's just like it sounds, Christmas in July. And I'll take you to a page where you can make a donation today and to help someone in great need, help a man, help a woman, help a child. And and, and also we need volunteers. I, I opened up the program with that, that we're reopening our doors to volunteers. Uh, we want people to come out and be able to serve food and to be able to work with children and work with women and do other projects. You know, maybe you want to have a painting project, a landscaping project, or just come out and help sort all the clothes that we get. 
uh, but to do something for someone else. Well, God bless you. You know, we can't do all that we do without the com- the support of our community. So, so bless you again. And tune in next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org.